Sabrina, we know Harvey's father is a colossal boob. But we agree with him on this one. What? I can't believe you're taking his side. You're young. You should try new things, meet new people, have lots of wonderful experiences. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Listen, I know it's painful now, but later on, when you're ready to settle down, you'll know what to look for in a mate. You've got to watch out for gold diggers. Now, I ain't saying she a gold digger, uh, but she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Uh, now, I ain't saying she a gold digger, uh, but she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Uh, get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. Get down, girl, go ahead. Ladies, gentlemen, Randy, welcome to episode number 28 of Sabrina's Witch Trials. This is the show where each episode I grab a guest and we venture back into the mid-1990s to rewatch, review, and reminisce all about everyone's favorite Friday Night Spellfest, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I'm Alex Duju, and folks, clean out your ear holes because we've got probably 90 minutes of fun to pack in there. That's a, that's a charming visual to start off the Witch Trials this episode. Uh, talking about episode 28... Overall, uh, Season 2, Episode 4, Dante's Inferno. And to sit and chat with me for a while about this, I, I've brought in my own personal hellfire. Uh, every time I'm around her, I feel like I'm dying a thousand deaths in hell. It's media maven, Chris Aduju. She's back to talk Sabrina with us, folks. Chris, welcome back. Thanks. Good such to a, have you here, Such a always. warm welcome. Yes, much like the fires <laughs> of an undying hell. It was my pun. Very see? good. And nothing makes a pun better than explaining it. Mm-hmm. So you're no, I meant because of the Panitis episode. Oh, very good. Oh, my See, God, the jokes are coming too quickly. <laughs> God damn. It's like, who's, who's, a, who's a famous comedian right now? It's going to, you always compare me to really bad comedians. I, I do. Every time you make a joke I don't like, I call you Janine Garofalo. <laughs> it's true. Um, which means I call you Janine Garofalo. All the time. All the time. But uh, that's just in your opinion. Other people laugh. It's just you. I'm sure hey, many people at you home are laughing. You and your conceited uh, humor. They're laughing right now because they think you're real funny. Mm-hmm. And speaking of funny things, uh, that's going to be way too mean if I say that. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, cut, I cut that one right off at the legs. Yeah. Uh, how you been, Chris? <laughs> Speaking of funny things, I can't. I can't. Yeah, you're gonna go. I can't go into what I'm about to go into because mm-hmm. if I do, you'll figure out what I was gonna say. Okay. Yeah. How have you been? Good. Good. Uh, the holiday yeah. season's upon Getting us. Ready for Christmas. Super yeah. excited. Getting in the mood. Uh, there's Got been Christmas all my music gifts. playing nonstop yep. everywhere you go. Michael Bublé Christmas album on repeat, which uh, is funny because I, I used to really not like him, and people used to Michael always Bublé. yeah yes. People used to always talk about his Christmas album and stuff, and I was just like, "That's ew." But it's there's something about um, the way he sings Christmas songs that I think is very reminiscent of like your favorites, um, and and I guess the the voice, his voice, and everything. Like when I hear modern renditions of classic songs, it kind of just like puts me on edge. Like it's just I, it's just never right because you have that nostalgic version in your head, mm-hmm. and nothing's ever going to be just like that i did recently hear a cover of mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you by oh it was uh, fifth harmony fifth harmony i was gonna say five directions for a second because no. singing group one direction no. female five directions. yeah it was fifth harmony uh that was fine in part because it sounded exactly the same like they're doing I mean, except their for the fact Carey that impression. it's like a, a big group of girls singing the song you really can't tell the difference between their voices to be you, perfectly honest you can but i think that they the thing that they have such a great 
range. Like I don't really listen to Fifth Harmony, mm-hmm. but they they have some serious skills. Because you're old. Yeah, but but they've been around for a long time, Al. They're not new. I listen to all the new singers: Fifth Harmony, Charlie Puth, uh, fuck, uh, Sean Mendes, Jang Sun. You don't even know who that is. That's how far back you are, Chris, and listener who's assuming that's a fake name I made up. You're just so out of touch. All right, Chris, you know why we're here. Talk about Sabrina Teenage Witch, as everyone wants us to do, because mm-hmm. they're sick of this uh, Al makes up bad names. of, And then talks about how he's making up bad names. Hang a, uh, hang a shade on it there. Sabrina Teenage Witch, let's get on with it. Episode 28, as I said, Dante's Inferno. So get ready for a toasty good time. Chris, you watch this episode, and of course, you being the guest, it is now your turn to fulfill your end of the bargain for being on this great <laughs> podcast. Tell me, Chris, describe this episode of Sabrina Teenage Witch in a set number of words, that number being nine. Okay. I feel like I might say nine every time and never remember. I feel like you say nine a lot more than you say other numbers. That's true. I think last time you said seven. Maybe. Because I specifically remember counting. You, well, you count for all of them. No, but... Because otherwise you end up being like, wrong. I have... Sometimes when I remember things, I have very vivid, like, visual mm-hmm. representations of the memory in my head. That's kind of how I remember things. Because seven rhymes with heaven, I, and, and it's sheer heaven every time you're on the witch I trials. specifically remember looking at my hands and get it, trying to get to the seventh finger. Okay. That's just one hand, folks. Yeah, you know. There you go. That's how jokes are done. I think. Okay, it kind of depends on whether or not you hyphenate the last word, but I'm not hyphenating it. Perfectly fine. Uh, Sabrina goes on a date with a witch boy. That is an accurate description, and so much results from that. Um, Thank you for that. Chris? Episode uh, 28, Season 2, Episode 4, Dante's Inferno, as I've said many times now, first aired October 10th, 1997. So put yourself in that mindset. You're listening to the Spice Girls. You're um, you're wearing probably some just hideous clothing. 97 was kind of a shitty year, though. It you know. was not a good year. Yeah. That is true. Princess Diana died. Mother Teresa. Yeah. Uh, other people. Some people who have been on the show got married. Eric Estrada was just recently married, as I talked about in a prior episode. Oh, but I meant, I meant like... I know, I know. Yeah. I, bad things happen. But no, yeah. Princess Diana... Uh, Princess Diana and... Um, Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa were in... The same month, I think. They were like a week apart, I think. I think Mother Teresa was... I think you're right, because I think she might have been the beginning or end of September. And I think Mother Teresa... Uh, I think it was August. Princess Diana oh, was the end was, of August. Yeah. Um, because I was recently at a at a pub and they were doing... Um, trivia? They were doing trivia, but I wasn't participating. And But you were just yelling out answers. It, that was one of the questions. When uh, In what year did uh princess diana die and i was like that that's something that i just always will remember like yeah. so fun conversation here on the witch trials yeah. as always <laughs> anyway 12.3 million viewers on the night it aired 8.4 rating and the 46th most viewed piece of television on broadcast tv that given week we open chris in the spellman kitchen or as i've written here spelling kitchen because sabrina <laughs> is known for spelling words not yet, she isn't. Anyway, Zelda Just thanks... wait till that family secret. That is true. God, there's a <laughs> lot of Sabrina being a fucking idiot in that episode, in that season, rather. Uh, Zelda thanks Salem for his potato recipe that 
he gave her, and he tells her to thank Graham Kerr before bemoaning his lack of thumbs. Hilda says that his inability to make a souffle is no big deal, as she'll just zap in some ice cream. But when Sabrina goes to retrieve it from the freezer, she finds a literal eye screaming in the freezer. Zelda worries that Hilda is coming down with some panitis. But Hilda just thinks that it's her body telling her that she's had too much sugar lately, as it's become a real monkey on her back. And immediately we find Davy Jones of the monkeys on her back. And uh, he greets them with a very nice, hello. That would have been a little too sassy, but uh, his is pretty sassy as well. After confirming that it is him, she recognizes that she might have a touch of panitis before Davy complains that no one is explaining what's going on to the apparition as we go to the opening. I think you're coming down with a case of panitis. Panitis? Me? No way. Probably my subconscious telling me I've been eating too much sugar. Lately, it's become a real monkey on my back. Hello. <laughs> uh, do I have Davy Jones with the monkeys on my back? Definitely. <laughs> okay. Maybe I've got a touch of panitis. That's right. No one explain what's going on to the apparition. Chris. Yes. Okay. First and foremost, this episode has some Gilmore Girls-esque references in it. Yeah, I have no idea what the references like, this isn't references the, are. This isn't the thing that Sabrina the Teenage Witch has done in the past, but yeah. this episode, it's like, let's throw all the references for like 40-year-olds in yeah. here. It was very, like, parent references. I mean, like, I know who Davy Jones is. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised that Sabrina knows who Davy Jones is. Well, I mean, she probably watched the episode of Boy Meets World he was on two years earlier. When he played Reginald Fairfield in a much better yeah, use of Davy Jones. Yeah, but he didn't play Davy Jones. No, so but how would she know who Davy Jones is and that he's from the monkeys? Because she watched the credits and was like... <laughs> and also, two of the other monkeys are on that episode. And it's a great episode of No one of cares TV. about that episode, uh, Listen, Loki... I've been waiting for this episode just so I can talk about that episode of What Meets World for okay. like since I started Fine. this podcast. Great episode. Don't ruin it. Go watch it. I've watched it before. It's one of my favorites from the series. Uh, also, she might have watched the TV movie Hey Hey We're the Monkeys, or Hey Hey It's the Monkeys. One of one or the other. I forget which one it was called, but that aired in early ninety seven. Or she might have uh, grown up watching reruns of That's the true. Monkeys on like Fox I did. TV. Anyway, first first irrelevant reference for teens we got here: uh, Graham Kerr. Yeah, who uh, the fuck? An English cooking personality who uh, is best known for his 1969-1971 cooking show, The Galloping Gourmet. So you might have heard the name Galloping Gourmet in part because I've watched a lot of 1970s shows and they reference that. I know what that is. I don't know who the fuck Graham Kerr yeah. is. Nobody under the age of 40 in 1997 does. Uh, Chris, what did you think of this open? And uh, did you like seeing Davy Jones? I did. He's always nice to see. Um, Very handsome. Man. I thought it was really weird that he acknowledges that he's an apparition. Yes. Uh, a little too meta. <laughs> it is interesting because sometimes um, they'll make allusions to guest stars, like guest celebrities, yeah. playing themselves uh, being witches, and sometimes they won't. Yeah. So this one is just like, I'm Davy Jones. I'm here. I don't think I have magic powers, but I know why I'm here. Maybe this happens a lot to him. Like, I don't, maybe. Like every time somebody Someone comes down panitis. with panitis, it's like he shows up. I think it's really weird that um, he doesn't seem more confused by it. Mm. 
he's kind of just holding on to her back, like not moving. Like it's not like he instantly stands up and is like, um He's not playing Randy Travis from uh, episodes ago yeah, where he's just Randy confused Travis all the made time. Sense. Uh Randy Travis, his portrait or the way his uh, appearance was written maybe makes more sense for a confused person i think as a whole the way davy jones is used is maybe my favorite like c- celebrity appearing as themselves on sabrina's age which because they fucking like maybe overall milk it it's great uh they use him well and i think he is i mean obviously he's a very funny person because he was on a sitcom for years and years uh, but he does have very good comedic timing. I don't think that they use it exceptionally well because they don't really give him a lot to do. Or a lot of lines. But he is very funny and uh, he does make for a great little uh, appearance, I think. I have a question for you. Please to ask. Uh, what kind of potato recipe do you think Salem would be making? Now, it's too early for like the Hasselback trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like... Um, Oh, what's that French one? Gratin. Yes, I think it's That's a gratin. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It's definitely... Yeah. It, it has to be something more complicated than like, boil them, then add butter. No. I Salem, think you whiz. Erd. Uh, I do like the fact that they also felt the need to explain to everyone watching that like, it's Davy Jones of the monkeys well, on my ha- back. They had to. I mean, <laughs> it's mostly kids watching this. It's, it's, it's just a really funny like, here's the nail, here's yeah. the hammer, in it goes. Um... What do you think of the concept of Panitis before we move on here as a use oh, of magic? I know what you think. Go on. Uh, well, you love it because you think it's one of the the best uses of magic that they've come up with. I think you're just like quoting all the other times I bring up a use of magic. No, I think you said this. I think, you know what? I think it is fun. Um, I don't know. It's just weird calling it Panitis because like, I guess the disease makes puns happen. Yeah. Because none of the stuff that no, 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 Caroline no. Ray really says are puns. It's... Some of them are. It's more like wordplay. Yes. Uh, but I guess it is It is a pun. I I just think it is that the disease makes a pun happen. As we're, yeah. If there is a chance for a pun, the disease makes it, like, appear. I guess. Also, calling it a disease makes it way sadder. <laughs> <laughs> it came down with punitis. It's, it's like uh, a temporary infection of some kind. Yes. Um, anything else to add, or can we move on here, Chris? We can move on. All right. In Westbridge... Harvey tells Sabrina that his father sat him down last night to talk about his goals, adding that apparently they are to pass math, start a football game, get a job, and date other girls. That last one shocks Sabrina as he goes on to explain that Mr. Kinkle says that the high school years are for trying various kinds of girls so you know what to look for in a mate, adding that he's supposed to avoid gold diggers. Uh... I'm now getting. I, I I'm now thinking of the opening that I might use, and it oh might, yeah, it might be, if you didn't, I would be upset. Either that, or I use a monkey's song. You no, know, that's too too on the nose. Anyway, Sabrina asks him if he really wants to see other girls, but he says that he doesn't have a choice, uh, as it's either that or military school. But she notes that that does add character, uh, and also make you a fucking crazy person probably uh, eighteen years later. So. Enjoy that, Harvey. You shave your head and try and sneak out to go to uh, a dance. I don't know what that's from. Sabrina. Really? I guess. Sabrina. Yeah. Remember? I don't have to cut all this out. Yeah, very good. Very good, Chris. Hilarious joke, as always. Well done. They uh, eventually agree that they will, will see other people, but only as friends, 
to appease his father. Uh, they'll, however, stay together on the uh, lowdown, just like Romeo and Juliet, but without the poison, as uh, Sabrina clarifies. And the suicide? That's where the poison did. Well, he stabs himself. Because of the poison. Actually, does he stab himself? Yes. No, he he drinks the poison. I thought... She's, no, you're right. She's you're right. given uh, like uh, a poison that'll slow her heart to look like she's dead so that they can seek away together. And then he drinks actual poison. Listen, and then she stabs this, herself. This shouldn't nice. surprise you because you've known me for more than five minutes. All I know about Romeo and Juliet is from watching <laughs> sitcom die. episodes where they do a um, Romeo and Juliet episode. So the first episode of Boy Meets World. She stabs herself with his knife. She does. Anyway, later at home, Sabrina is shocked to find out that despite calling Harvey's father a colossal boob, the aunties actually agree with him. They note that she's young and should have lots of wonderful experiences with new people, which she sarcastically calls a fun idea. Sounds fun. When I just, new people? When I just get a tattoo and drink a bunch, that sounds fun. It does. Except for the tattoo part. I don't like one. I don't uh, fancy a tattoo. For me, I think they look good on other people. Just a little bit of clarity there. No judging. Hilda tells her that uh, she has to play the field, and the Panitis kicks in, sending Sabrina to a field hockey CGI screen that isn't great, but thankfully is over quite quickly. After returning, uh, and Salem's request for Hilda to say a fine kettle of fish, Zelda tells Sabrina that she should try various kinds of boys, as that will tell her what to look for in a mate. And Hilda goes on to add the old gold digger speech. She uh, then tells them that she only wants Harvey. And when Zelda tells her to try a nice witch boy, she literally leaves the room stomping and yelling, Harvey, Harvey, Harvey. (laughs) I enjoyed it a lot. Why don't you try a nice witch boy? Let me say this one more time. Harvey, 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 Harvey. In the living room, Zelda tells her to try it and recites a really poorly conceived incantation, yeah. uh, summoning a witch yenta. There's a surprise for you, folks, huh? Didn't see that one coming. This summons a typical middle-aged Long Island woman who is shaken up as, shockingly, she herself just broke up with her boyfriend. And uh, Hilda's questioning of whether he's available for Sabrina is no comfort to the sad Jewish lady. Mortal boys, we have a plenty. For which fellas, we need a yenta. <laughs> okay. So, let me see. Oh, so, so who's looking? Are you okay? Yes, yes, I'm fine, I'm fine. Actually, no, I just broke up with my boyfriend. Is he available for Sabrina? <gasps> Chris. Ow. Let's go back. Uh, first thing I have here is, do parents really tell their teen children to date other people for literally no reason? Um, I don't know. I feel like that might be something they would say if you broke up with someone. Like, oh, it's okay. You know, you should be dating other people anyway. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that was always something on TV shows when they had, like, two teenagers who were really serious about each other. The the parents were always worried that they were so serious and like, oh, no, you you should get... To, to meet other people mm-hmm. and, you know, expand your horizons. I mean, I would understand if there was, like, some sort of inciting incident where, like, Harvey gets arrested because he was out with Sabrina or something, which would be a much more fun episode, and honestly, like, what they would be doing. Yeah, but not Harvey. Not Harvey? I don't know. He seems like he's got a bad boy attitude. Didn't, didn't you love his, didn't you love his, uh, 
button down sh- short sleeve shirt over long sleeve shirt. That's the extent of his bad boy attitude on this show. Is literally he's got, he's some got, shirts, some hats, and, and a, a wallet chain. chain. <laughs> That's right. That's it. Yeah, I just thought it was weird. Uh, f- speaking of this fucking uh, atrocious outfit. Oh, and he wore a leather jacket once. He does. It's at, w- at one point, but once. usually he's wearing his pin pals bowling shirt. Uh, this fucking shirt looks ridiculous on him. This baggy gray and white windowpane plaid short sleeve shirt it over. Looks, it looks fine. No, it-, it looks one. It's huge, but not. The biggest shirt someone will wear on this episode of Sabrina Which Teenage Which you Twitch. have to understand was that that was the shit Listen, back in the day. I was around in the 90s. You not remember? I, I, remember? I remember it being a thing. Doesn't mean it looks good. I remember everyone doing it. Okay. Sabrina's- and it is not that baggy. It's pretty it's baggy. It's owl fitted because Al loves all his clothes super fitted. Listen, but- I, I'm a thin man and I like to wear thin man clothes. Well, yeah, but it's also... That's what's in style now. Look, look Whereas at, that was the opposite. Look at Sabrina's reaction to his outfit. Look at his reaction to his outfit. Yeah, he's 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 squeezing out more shit to wear. He, he looks like he's pooping, folks. A little bit. Okay, the Yenta bit, Chris. Yeah. What do you think of the Yenta played here by Terry Gar, uh, also known for playing Phoebe's mom on Friends? Oh, okay. And also, uh, probably most famously, for playing Mary McGinnis on Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis's mother. Huh. Uh, what do you think of her here? I don't know. It was kind of weird, but kind of worked. I thought that they were kind of pushing her uh, to be super depressed mm-hmm. about her breakup. Like they were making so many jokes about it. Yeah, I think I think her performance as the Yenta is very good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that the Yenta is really used to the fullest. I think that it's kind of a like first pitch idea of oh she's a yenta so her boyfriend and her broke up that'll be a funny thing yeah um and she's i don't know that i feel like throughout the episode mm-hmm. she keeps making appearances and i feel like her style isn't what i would have like even in this first instance i don't think that that's that's what i would have imagined the yenta dressing like yeah or looking like necessarily. i mean they definitely are using some of their uh like slack for it her being a witch so yeah. it's like witches can wear whatever exactly let's make it as eccentric as possible i thought and then from one outfit to another i don't feel like it makes sense i think she has three outfits in this, yes, this episode overall uh this first one i actually didn't mind the top part of i like i like the uh like marge's chanel suit jacket yeah with like the J- jacobean ruff and the pearls uh-huh. i think that looks good the, the cat eye glasses or whatever uh, I hated the boots she was wearing. Those like hot pink, high, like knee high boots. Was she wearing them in this scene she's or in the them, next one? She's wearing them in okay. both. I think they changed the laces out though. I noticed I noticed them more in the next one because mm-hmm. it didn't go with her outfit at all. This the, They look she, like wrestling boots. She's wearing pink boots in this one? She is. She's wearing the same, I think it's the same boots. pink boots, but I think it's in, uh, with like black laces. As, as I said, overall, I, just, I think it's I a hated, good performance. I hated the rough. Did you? So much. I feel like the jacket could look, it's like timeless. Like, I mean, it's it's really pink. It, it's but... timeless middle-aged lady. No, that's the thing. Like, you could totally, a young person could totally wear that. You just have to wear it with like. A Jacobean rough, yes. No, something much simpler. And also that stupid fucking flower and bow in her hair. The that that's something that you only really notice when you stare at it for a while. Like um It's like you're making her look childish. She's a fucking Yenta. 
can we talk about the, like the use of a yenta? Yeah, it's 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 like whitewashed to shit. These are the three most gentile witches yeah. I maybe have ever seen in my life, and that's a weird thing to say. But listen, it's ridiculous. Um, I did some googling on the, the term yenta. Okay, apparently. Uh, it's actually a misnomer because Jewish matchmakers aren't traditionally called yentas. They're called something else that I will not pronounce. Okay. Um, but because of Fiddler, there's a character called Yenti with, with, with an E at the end. I'm probably mispronouncing that also. I'm not Jewish. Uh, is that how you... She is the matchmaker. I think, I think it became... Is that how you pronounce... Is that how yenta is actually supposed to be written? I think that's what the traditional Spelling. use. But yeah, I think it's just morphed into yenta as yeah. a term. Uh, but since she was the matchmaker and that, and that was so popular, that became like the term for a Jewish matchmaker. Okay. How about sense. that? A little bit of history That's there. That's pretty cool. It is, it is interesting. It doesn't explain why the fuck they felt the need to use a yenta or to make uh, Beth Broderick give us that ridiculous incantation. They have a puenta of uh, mortal boys. So stupid. Uh, I guess because having a matchmaker would have been too boring you need to like give your character some pizzazz Mm -hmm. so i guess that's their idea like let's make her eccentric let's make her yenta and seinfeld was big in the uh the mid 90s yeah i don't know i i'm glad that they didn't she didn't like what she she come holding a babka no what are you going for here uh yenta i would like think of like the nanny's grandmother sure you know, like, or, or even her mother. Like, yep. I feel like, uh, I appreciated that they didn't go so hard with the accent and everything. Like I would, I would have cast the woman who played, uh, she would have been a the mother Yenta. that, and I, I think that's the other thing. I think because I, I grew up watching the nanny when they say that they're, uh, conjuring a Yenta, that's kind of what I picture. And mm-hmm. I feel like I was a little disappointed. I'm like, this is a super Aww. white lady. Like. There's no Maxwell Sheffield here at all. What's going on? Yeah, no, right. Okay. She looks more like CC Babcock than uh CC Badcock. That was my nickname in high school because my bad dick. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you leave that in. Oh, that's staying in. I'm raising the volume <laughs> on that one. The Yenta then decides to keep busy and start showing Sabrina some guys. First the boy who can play the cello and the flute at the same time, but she knows sorry. She notes that Harvey hates classical music. Uh, when the Yenta shows her a guy who owns his own yacht and recently overcame his mermaid obsession, Sabrina notes that Harvey gets seasick. Uh, the Yenta is sick of this uh, Gentile pain in the ass and eventually asks who's looking for a guy, her or Harvey. And Zelda adds that some of these boys are cute and that she'd hit them up if she was a few hundred years younger. Sabrina just notes that she wants Harvey, and Harvey wants her, and neither of them can imagine anyone else to be with, as she storms away, leading us to the immediate joke after the cut. We then cut to Westbridge, where uh, Sabrina finds out that Harvey already has a date, as his father set him up with the daughter of one of his clients, the owner of Senior Beefos, the place where you don't want to eat because Harvey's father runs Termite King. So... (laughs) They have problems. Uh, Valerie also notes that she fucking loves Senor Bifos, but not anymore. Sabrina then says that she got a date too, but when Val asks who uh, the guy is, she tries to get Val to back her up about the guy they met at the place, 
But uh, shockingly, Valerie sucks at it. So Sabrina just leaves in a huff, complaining that Valerie isn't any good at this. In maybe the funniest thing I've seen all season on Sabrina Teenage Witch. <laughs> you gonna be okay? Me? I'm fine. I have a date this weekend, too. You? With who? You know, the guy. What guy? <laughs> the guy we met at the place. <laughs> what place? The place where we... Why aren't you good at this? Good at what? Uh, apparently, also, Valerie's love life sucks. Even though she had a date literally last episode. But you don't know how much time has passed. Seven months. <laughs> uh we then see sabrina in her living room telling uh the yenta that she needs a date and needs one now after the yenta tells us that he called her ex sabrina inquires about the blonde guy she saw last time but uh yenta tells her that he's taken as it's friday night and if you hesitate you lose an etc 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 yenta shows sabrina a great guy who uh, despite being a cyclops is a very good dancer uh, but she then gets a page, because it's 1997, informing her that even he's taken. How about that blonde guy you showed me? No, taken. Already? Well, it's Friday at five. You snooze, you lose. You hesitate, you lose a date. You linger, you... All right. <laughs> there must be somebody. I have the perfect boy for you. He's a cyclops. <laughs> yes, he is, but he's a very good dancer. <laughs> he does have a tendency to bite, though. Uh-oh. Oh. Oh, look, he's got a date already. Well, you drag your feet. You don't get to Just meet go. <laughs> Sabrina then hears the Yenta going into a another uh, bit of a diatribe about how she dragged her feet. So they just send her away. She don't get the meat. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the one where uh, she's, she gets cut off, where it's like, if you linger, because I think it's you finger. <laughs> you started it, Chris. You better be able to finish it. As Yenta says to the guy who has to, <laughs> has to supply the meat, whatever what the fuck we're talking about. The Spoutmans then eventually enter the kitchen, where Salem is reading The New Yorker and comments about Roz, sorry, Roz Chaz, fun name to say, especially after you read it. Uh, and Hilda gets the idea to set Sabrina up with Pete and Sheila's boy. But Zelda can't remember the name, and a cat got your tongue statement from Hilda gives Salem some new grooming possibilities. Uh, they eventually recall that his name is Dante, adding that he's cute, smart, and loves to laugh, before explaining that they haven't seen him since he was three months old, but he should be Sabrina's age by now. Chris. So let's go back to uh, the initial uh, Yenta meeting. My first note here is clearly this was the backdoor pilot to Beth Broderick's new series, Zelda the Enchanted Milf. As she was getting a milf. She's not a mom. Well, yeah, but a ilf doesn't really sound good. Especially when I say it with that accent. (laughs) (laughs) It's a struggle. (laughs) Um, What did you think of this scene? Uh, And more on the the, uh, character of Yenta. Did you like her use here in the episode as a whole? It's hard. I mean, I I did, but she definitely wasn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was thinking about the fact that if this were if this episode were going to be made now as opposed to in ninety seven, yes, uh, it would have been some kind of like dating app. 
some magical dating app. Sure. What would you call that? Winder? I don't know. Mm. By the by the way, I call this a comedy podcast and I just said the phrase Winder. You you call this a comedy podcast? I call it a comedy <laughs> review podcast. Oh, Listen. God. You got to promote. Uh, you got to promote. Let's think about this for a second. No. You can just cut out the empty air. Oh, it's boy. Fine. Editing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's, it's so hard to cut out a, a giant patch of silence, really. You can think it's not, but it mm. is. Um, pyre? Because isn't that what you burn a witch on? Yeah, but I think that's awful. You could just use Tinder, honestly. It's still, you burn the witch. No, I don't. I think you have to think of something like... I think Pyre would actually catch uh, on. Mafire? M plus fire? Cauldron? Because there's a... Too many syllables. Bubbling cauldron of hot men waiting for... <laughs> that <Too> many... sounds <laughs> like... <laughs> Sex cauldron. I don't think... Shut that place down. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you guys came to this uh, podcast for various Simpsons references of varying quality. Excuse me, Edna. I don't think we're talking about love here. We're talking about S-E-X in front of the C-H-I-L-D-R-E-N. Sex cauldron. I thought they closed that place down. Uh, yes, it would it, it would be an F. Very good, Chris. Well done. Jesus. I still like Pyre, by the way. Anyway, the exchange between Val and Sabrina is honestly one of my favorite scenes from this season. I think it's a form of comedy, but they don't do very often or at least haven't until this point. And I think it's fucking hilarious just melissa john hart's exasperation with valerie and walking away and uh lindsey sloan's perfect capturing of like i have no idea what's going on also i'm lonely as hell and none of my friends care at all i think it was great um ross chast chris uh, reference number two. Yeah, no. More uh, more references. I don't understand. Rosalind Roz Chast is an American cartoonist and staff cartoonist for The New Yorker. Since 1978, when she was watching The Galloping Gourmet, she's published more than 800 cartoons in The New Yorker. How nice for her. One of which really swayed Salem. Maybe it's Sway. Maybe that's the app. Hmm. I don't know. That's uh, that would be that's like two on the nose for today. Yeah, I don't know. It's gotta it's gotta be one word. It does. That's why I like pyre. That encompasses both like hot, hot, hot pyre, well, which and or which or magic wand. No, that's just like that's a, the gay dating app. Fine. The gay. <laughs> What are you, Scooby Doo? I don't know. I don't know why he said that. The <laughs> Jesus, Mike Pence over here is getting real scared. I stumbled over the word. I don't know why. Oh man, it's uh, like it's like my mind connected to the thought, and then I went to say it, and I just tripped. Let's talk about the outfit check here in these uh, couple of scenes, Chris, because I want to talk about this one right here. Okay. Oh, the this 1960s, 1970s wallpaper? Yeah, Sabrina's wearing a ridiculous outfit here uh, when she's walking through the halls of Westbridge. It's uh, a top and jacket that are both this very 60s mod red and black like hexagon design uh, over a red skirt. She looked mind-bogglingly bad, and that's shocking I was able to say it that well. Um, she looks like the background of like Match Game 73. Yeah, no. It's very very bad. Any other? I like I like Harvey's uh, polo here. It's it's actually really nice. For, it's it's for one Harvey. of the better things he's yeah. worn this season. 
And then Valerie, they're just like white top, black pants. If, if we Be go basic, girl. if we go into uh, Yenta outfit number two, oh. I like this one way more. These are like wrestling boots. I told you that that's what they are. Um, I like this outfit more. It's like a dress with a red and blue print. Yeah, it's a it's a floral print dress with like ruffles at the collar. And uh, I think we've seen this. Maybe I think we might have seen this Hilda outfit before. And a cutout, right? It has yeah, like it a does collar a and then a cutout. And I think we've definitely seen the Zelda outfit before. Yeah. I liked it before, and I That's like it now. That's a Zelda staple. It's fantastic. She, the high waist. She does pants. that a lot. She does that a lot, even in this episode, like baggy shirt tied at the waist. It's great for her, and I mean, accent the, the pants accentuate her legs fantastically. Yeah, this is really a fashion podcast, a comedy fashion yeah. review podcast. You should start putting that on uh, your business card. Yes, which I give out to many people. Yep. Bums in the street, mm-hmm. bums in my house walkway bums when i'm going from the street to the house all kinds of bums people on the subway you just put them in that little the the plastic thing with the advertisements yes. you just slip them in uh when i'm trying to be a business jerk i throw them at people thusly business jerk yeah mm. could just say a, a businessman because they're all bloody jerks aren't they chris no comedy review podcast <laughs> wow. moving on we yeah, then... that, that's what your listeners are gonna do what move, move on, on. Oh, that's getting cut out. <laughs> we then cut out that audio and cut to outer space, where for some reason uh, we see Dante's incredible vacuum cleaner as the two teens are parked outside the Gotta Go's Burger fast food establishment in the other realm. They order burgers and have them zapped into their mouths magically because it's very fast that's the gimmick oh i didn't stop to see what's on the menu we will do that in one moment chris uh drink orders produce a similar response but when dante says that they'll split an order of fries an overzealous server throws fries all over them before explaining that it's his dia primero his first day attention homer simpson you have 10 seconds to explain your actions before we open fire. Uh-huh. It's my first day. <laughs> es mi dia primero. Wugong kai chu gong gong cho. Quack, quack, quack. After Sabrina gives Dante an incredible, can you believe this guy look that may very well be the image for this episode. Uh, We cut to a crater for some reason where the two witches are sitting and uh, Dante asks if she minds if he smokes. Uh, She says she doesn't like cigarettes, but he says he means a ham, zapping in a ham smoker for a really very bad joke. She then says that since they're a million light years from home, she should probably be heading back, but... Before they do, he stops her, saying that he has a surprise for telling her to close her eyes. And in this climate in Uh, 2017, thankfully, all he does is literally grab a star out of the sky and hand it to her as uh, she knows it's beautiful. And he gives her the old Al standard pickup line that I was about to say the same thing about you. Doesn't work all the time because sometimes the girl will be like, man, it really smells in here. And I'll be like. But same thing about you, baby. Here's this star, baby. Here's my business card. Here's my business card, baby. I'm very unpopular. Okay, open up. 
star. It's so pretty. I was going to say the same thing about you. Anyway, uh, we then see the um, the aunties in the dining room where Zelda is working on a panitis remedy. Uh, Hilda wants no part of it, shockingly. Zelda eventually zaps a clothespin onto Hilda's nose to make her drink the potion, after which Hilda tells her that she can be such a dictator. That's why I say that word like mm-hmm. that. That's how it's pronounced. Uh, instantly transforming Zelda into Fidel Castro, cigar and all. Uh, Salem's just glad that he now has someone to talk baseball with. Uh, from there, we cut to the two teens on a date right outside the other realm linen closet door, but like on the other side, mm-hmm. which is always weird to me whenever they use this set. Uh, but they both marvel at how much fun they had on a blind date. As uh, Dante goes in for a kiss, the door swings open and alarm bells go off as we see Salem telling Sabrina to get inside before the neighbors see. And one maybe the line I remember the most from this episode, and it's fucking great. I do love Nick Bakai, as always. Out a little late, are we? Get in this house before the neighbors see. <laughs> uh, Sabrina is later downstairs recounting her date to her aunties, uh, noting that she had the burger place save them their leftovers. Uh, they each get a burger to the mouth. And when she shows them the star Vedante gave her, Hilda recalls the last time she received a star and the three wise men that followed it. Uh, she's she, saying she's married because... I think she's just saying she's very old. Yeah. Or maybe... There was just another incidence of it. She's married. Maybe she's married. That's why I was like, <laughs> are you saying you're married? She is the son of God. Nope. She's the mother <laughs> of God. <laughs> That's not how religion works. <laughs> Christmas time, Al. <laughs> uh, Chris, I was too focused on the Yenta part. I've, I've switched. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, so uh, Sabrina goes upstairs, leaving the aunties to realize that uh, they used to stay up and talk about their dates on Friday nights, but they haven't had dates in a long time. Um, Zelda eventually says that at least she has her sister before like immediately being uh, very surprised that she's actually living with her sister and horrified by this, noting that she'd better call that Yenta. And a fun line from Beth Broderick, I thought. Chris, mm-hmm. these two scenes. Yep. Uh, Sabrina technically on her second date with a witch boy because when in Mars Attracts, she goes on a date with that witch ski instructor. Is it really a date, though? I mean, it's not an official date. They go to a crater, which is apparently what you do on a witch date. Uh, I think they have sandwiches or something. Maybe it's a picnic. He was a way better date. He was handsomer, but he wore a real ugly jacket. Well, um, they were in space. Then. Let's talk about this gotta go burger place scene. Yeah. A lot of questions here, Chris. How yeah, do they breathe I... in outer space? Hmm. How is that done? Magic. They're just floating out there. Everything's magic. They should have a fishbowl on their head. Prevent kissing also. Which Salem would like. Why does Dante's vacuum cleaner have a steering wheel? Because it's made for driving. He says he can't clean under the, uh, the bed with it. He fucking steers with it. I don't know. Why would you put a new employee on the drive through window this first day? Don't do that. Are you insane? <laughs> I don't know the business practices of how it goes. You ran a Wendy's for six months. Oh, we yeah. all know it. Yeah. And yeah. best question of all, why would Sabrina wear this hideous canary pants suit on their first date? Is she looking for a second? Because no one will want one. It's not even canary. It's like the most washed out 
yellow. It's really fucking ugly. It's like wallpaper paste. And also like the western pockets on the jacket. Oh yeah. Make it look it even lo- worse. It's like a leisure suit. Um I thought in these two scenes, the one thing that stuck out for me is how little chemistry her and the guy playing Dante have. Like they legitimately feel like neither of them wants to be on this date. And the whole point of this date is that it's a good date and there's going to be a second date. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Um, I should have probably looked up his name, but the guy. Douche McGee. Very good. Uh, Reginald Douche McGee, as his name is. No. His, uh, the actor here is Jason James Richter. Richter? Richter. Richter. Um, Honestly, it felt like they have no chemistry at all. Playing off of each other, like even in terms of making jokes and stuff, didn't work His at all. His jokes were so flat. Dante, this is the coolest vacuum cleaner I've ever seen. Well, it's great for flying, but it's a little bulky for cleaning under the bed. Not only were they flat, like not funny, and Sabrina doesn't sell them, but the actual use of canned laughter in this episode—it's so late. It's awful. Later on, there's a joke where it would be a funny joke if there was laughter after it, where it should mm-hmm. be, but it's placed in the wrong place and sounds yeah. ludicrous. Uh, also, the immediate thing I realized when I saw Dante here is he looks like he's like three years younger than Melissa Joan Hart. He is also legitimately three years younger than Melissa Joan Hart. Wow. She's like 20, she's almost 21 in this scene or is 21 in the scene and he's like 17. And he looks it. He looks like a little boy compared to, well, one, Melissa Joan Hart, but also Harvey and his date later on. Yeah. It's it's just a weird casting choice, in my opinion. Uh, what did you think of this scene between uh, between Dante and Sabrina? I thought it was a fun idea. The yeah. idea that, you know, oh, you go through a space drive through and the food is so fast mm-hmm. because it's only something that you could really do with magic. Um, but... Some of some of that date, which I don't even... Oh, no, you did get to it. Like, the whole star thing really yeah. pissed me off. Because I'm like... Well, I mean... Go you, on. You're doing it for kids, but... I haven't written you here also, so you say it. You now. would literally incinerate her if you gave her a star. Now, according to Scholastic's website, which is the source I'm using for this bit of information, Chris, <laughs> uh, the heat of a star depends on the color. Or rather, the color depends on the heat. But, but th- white there's a, is... There's a connection. White... Bluish white is the hottest. Yeah. Okay. Um, it can be as hot as two hundred million degrees Fahrenheit at its core. Yeah. Some some people will just say, "Well, magic. Fuck that. You can't just magic away everything." Okay. Also, like that's not even how stars work. No, they're like, not tiny. They're not tiny. They're tiny because they're far away. You can't just like yeah. You can't pick they're one up enormous. out of the sky. It's the fucking sun. Is a star, guys. Oh, so dumb. Uh, did you like the dictator joke? No, not even. Uh, I, I thought it was know. funny, if only for the fact that from the back, I thought Zelda as Fidel Castro looks a lot like Alan Alda. Ugh, it's just the green. It's the green and the haircut in the back. I think it's funny that um, when she changes her outfit, her mm-hmm. pants are pretty much the same, just a green version. Yeah, that's true. It'd be great if, if she had the shirt tied at the waist yeah. still. Like Fidel likes to wear on the hotter yeah. days. He's dead now, but whatever. Likes a breeze on his belly. Uh, let's, let, let us take a second, however, and talk about the menu oh, yeah. at the Gotta Goes. It's just called the Gotta Goes. That's yeah, a weird thing. Gotta Goes. Um, a, lot of, a lot of menu there, items. There's one that sounds 
fucking hilarious. Is it the give it the gas chili? Yes. <laughs> a lot of these are really lazily written. Um, like the... They just wanted alliteration, really. In many ways, they did. Speedy but, slice of pizza. like The double turbo burger, the hyperspeed hamburger, velocity cheeseburger, the lightning burger. These all seem like the exact same thing. Yeah. The Mach 3 fish witch. Sounds disgusting. Uh, turbocharged chicken. Supersonic sub deluxe. That means it comes Ooh. with fries. Uh, warp 5 fries. Give it the gas chili, as we uh, said. Then there's the nuclear speed nachos. Yeah. What does that even mean? Nuclear speed. That doesn't make any sense. Quantum... Why didn't they just call them nuclear nachos? That that would have honestly been... Well, it doesn't really capture speed, though, does it? I don't know. I guess. The quantum quick tacos. That doesn't even make any sense. No. <laughs> really they just here. wanted the alliteration. Speedy slice O pizza. Some Irish pizza yeah. for you folks. Uh, super no, swift. They're, they're in too much of a rush to say of. That's true. Super swift shakes and dashing drinks. Folks, there's also a cat in the background. So if you hear like boxes rustling, it's a cat in the background. Uh, the most expensive thing on this menu looks like the supersonic sub deluxe. Two nineteen. He's, he's a she's a cheap date though. She is. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. She's a cheap date, but then how many fucking burgers did this bitch get? Because she takes home leftovers for her, her aunts, and each one of them gets a burger in the mouth. I mean, so, look, they're like they're like a dollar seventy nine each. I think Dante can break a ten. I don't know. He's like five years old. So <laughs> maybe he doesn't have enough allowance. You want to talk about his outfit for a second? His fucking sweater vest. Oh, he looks like such a fucking perv in that outfit. There's just something, there's like real creeper vibes. There is. Like Jerry Curl doesn't help much either. Yeah. And I think it's also the color combination. The brown, the brown shirt. With like navy? It's, it's the mustard shirt with like a dark, almost black, maybe navy, um, sweater vest and like khaki pants. Yeah. Like. And, this, and baggy khaki pants and red converse. He's this, a fucking mess. This date outfit looks like he's trying to look like he's on his best behavior. You These know? choices are ridiculous. Like, so, at least the, the hideous canary suit Melissa Joan Hart is wearing makes her ass look good. But then again, but at this point, she's just got a good ass. So yeah. most things make her ass look good. Um, but yeah, not two people who chose great outfits. No. All right, let's move on. Uh, the next day in Westbridge, Sabrina tells Valerie that her date was fun, but now she's worried that Harvey... She's worried about Harvey, rather, as they weren't supposed to have fun with their dates. Valerie says that apparently Harvey had a great time, too, as his date's a model before realizing just how little comfort she's actually being to her friend. So it goes both ways. Harvey arrives and Sabrina immediately says that she had a great time, too, before they both take a second to just pout. Um, Sabrina eventually realizes that they can like each other and also like other people, too. Before she compliments their grown-up nature. They then both get some terrible ideas. Sabrina gets the awful idea to uh, go double dating with their blind dates. Which I guess they wouldn't technically technically be blind blind dates dates anymore. But that's what she says. And Harvey gets the even stupider idea to call that a great idea. Well, I guess they were blind dates when they first met them. So, 
Uh, Sabrina says that it looks like everyone's a winner before realizing that poor old lonely Valerie is still sitting at the table, dateless as Mario Batali's calendar. Because you haven't heard about this? He seems like he's... Oh, you haven't heard about this? His calendar has no dates? Well, I mean, it certainly does now, not on the chew, because he's he, he's the newest one of like bit of a bit of a sexual question mark. Oh no, bit of a creep. I didn't know that. Did some things. Yeah, L- literally, when I wrote this joke last week, it was Matt Lauer's calendar, but I had to freshen it up a little. Wow. I mean, I'm kind of not surprised. The state of the world. Anyway, uh, Valerie decides to leave to go listen to one of her mom's Janice Ian albums. Get ready, Chris. Uh, Harvey confirms that uh, Sabrina is sure she wants to go on a double date, which she does, adding that she'd love to meet, letting Harvey say that the girl's name is Jean, uh, before we immediately cut to Sabrina just ragging on Jean's name viciously to Salem. Uh, Just then, for no reason at all, Davy Jones appears again, noting that he thinks Jean is a lovely name before starting to sing Daydream Believer, that bit about Jean. For some reason, Daydream Believer plays while he sings Daydream Believer, but it's the whole song playing, yeah. so there's this weird, like, unsynced singing that has irritated me literally since I was a kid, even more so now, because legitimately, I could have edited this better. And I'm not an amazing editor. Like, I've edited podcasts might have put one more, one too many T's in that. Uh, but, like, this is just ludicrous. Jean's not a name, it's a pair of pants. <laughs> Actually, I think Jean's a very lovely name. Cheer up, sleepy Jean. Oh, what can it mean to a daydream believer and a Nobody made a pun. Are you asking me? Always annoyed me. I think he does have a good voice, though. Even live. He does. Uh, and his dancing. Yes, his dancing is magnificent. His, his very, like, wiggly, waggly arms. It's like he's trying to get her into it. Yes. Like, he's trying to, like, come on, join along. Salem's and, already into it. He's yeah, bobbing on the couch. Because couch. he's cool. Uh, Unlike Sabrina. He is. Eventually, Salem wonders why the hell he's here as nobody made a pun, but he very smartly just goes, the fuck are you asking me for? I don't know. Uh, the doorbell then rings, uh, the winning closet doorbell. Sabrina goes to answer it. And go figure, it's Dante, who's dressed like less of a creep. More of a creep. Not better, Well, a different kind of creep. Yes. Um, the less safe kind of... He, no, I mean, both creeps are not safe. He is smart, however. He compliments Sabrina's fucking great outfit, which we will talk about, and locks his vacuum cleaner. Uh, she asks if he's ready to go bowling, and he says that there's a first time for everything, as not only has he not been bowling before, but he's never been in the mortal realm before. So, if you like going bowling? Why not? There's a first for everything. You've never gone bowling before? <laughs> are you kidding me? I've never even been in the mortal realm before. Oh, this can't be good. So, uh, this is an authentic mortal realm house, huh? Man, you guys must laugh all day. Yeah. Light switches, wallpaper, my sides hurt all the time. <laughs> Look, there's something you should know. You can't use any magic down here. You're kidding. I'm serious. Hey, it's your world. I'm just bowling in it. Sabrina is worried as, uh, Dante just marvels at all the ridiculousness of a mortal house. 
She then tells him that he can't go around in the mortal realm using magic. And he says that it's cool as it's her realm and he's just bowling in it. Uh, He is confused about the steps, however. And when she goes to get her purse, his first attempt to walk down them is a big failure. As he falls down them. Like a creep. (laughs) Probably with his dick out. Like a creep would. Fall down the steps. Wow. Would that not be creepy? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Breaking news. Uh, Medium Maven Chris thinks falling down the steps with your dick out is not creepy. How about that? No, I think it's just extreme. I would it's, have a stick it, it, out. Chris, it's too late. The Huffington Post has already picked it up. You're fucked. You're gone. You're done. You're, you're gone, Chris. All right. These couple of scenes. Uh, my first note here is Sabrina is an idiot. <laughs> Why would you want to double date with Harvey? It's the worst fucking idea yep. imaginable. If you're trying to make him jealous, surely you could just do a better job of it by being like, oh, yeah, I went out with this great guy named Dante. He finger blasted me outside of the God wow, of Goes. you got to stop with that. He's trying to make, a, she's no, trying to make him jealous. I don't, know, I don't know that it's exactly... I think it's twofold. I think it's slightly jealousy, but it's also... She wants to go about the competition. That's fine. She's heard, she's heard these things about Jean, but she wants to see what's what. The thing is, if you're trying to, like... Ruin and I guess, Harvey's time. And I guess it's the easiest way to pretend like she's okay with the situation. To be like, oh yeah, it's totally fine. Let's, you know, yeah, but if let's tr- just go on a double date. If you're like trying to keep an eye on the competition or like even ruin Harvey's time, just being a crazy double date, uh, being on a crazy double date and like being the crazy girlfriend is not going to like make really hot Jean any less appealing i i also am like why the fuck would gene go out with him i mean we'll the, talk about the that. first date okay but then the setup. second the second yeah. date you know that you're doubling with his girlfriend i do well that is well, absolutely true maybe they don't but they talk they talk about their dates yeah so i don't know it, that, that whole date is a weird thing and we'll get yeah. to it in a minute but i do want to see like gene and harvey's first date like that that's there's got to be a fan like it would have been there. an awkward city I think Harvey's a charming guy. Um, I don't know what they did. Sometimes he's charming. Probably finger blasted Often. outside the God of Ghosts. Wow. Outside the God of Ghosts. They yeah. went to the witch realm. Yeah. Harvey knows a guy with a vacuum cleaner. Who who fuck knows? Sabrina. Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina's the guy. Uh, what did you think of the weird Janice Ian reference, Chris? Yeah, I thought nothing of it because mm. much, like, much like Gilmore Girls when I was little, I just skated right over it. That's right. Janice Ian is an American singer-songwriter who is most commercially successful in the late 60s and early 70s. Uh, she's most widely recognized for her song At 17, which you probably don't know by name. But remember in The Simpsons that scene when... Um, when Homer's looking for a soulmate and he's just walking the streets and then a song is playing where it's like, I love the age at 17 The love was meant for beauty queens And something, something, something Maybe else. slightly. Yeah. You'll know Sing it when you more. listen to it. I'm, I'm actually going to be perfectly honest. That was not as bad as it could have been my singing there, okay? Decent job by Al is what I'm saying here, folks. Chris, mm-hmm. did you like the whole Davy Jones scene? 
And did you like him turning Salem down to go out cruising for chicks? I liked Davy Jones singing. Mm-hmm. The him singing over the track didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. That's weird. Um, I was just fucking pissed that they made him apparate when no pun was said. Mm-hmm. And then it gets even more confusing later when he says that he's been there for days. If you've been there for days, why did you just apparate into Sabrina's room? Why didn't you just walk in? Like it would have made more sense altogether if he had been walking down the hall with her door open and heard her say Jean. Do you know what I mean? I do wish we, we did see just like Davy Jones just walking through with like a like a turkey leg in his hands. Like, oh hey, you need me to sing a song? I'll do it anyway, whatever. Uh fun note, apparently uh originally in the script, um Jean had a different name. Her name but- was Audrey but because they wanted to get her, they wanted to get him singing yeah. uh, Daydream Believer, they just changed her name. It's to a Jean. convenient uh, plot segue. Definitely. She is, however, still uh, seen as Audrey in the credits. Oh, that's stupid. That is weird. Fuck. Credits uh, were made before the episode, apparently. The, the other thing that I take issue with is uh, when Hilda uses her penitus to shrink Sabrina, it seemed like she was shrunken by the way when she was on the the yes field. it was shot from a weird angle yeah uh she basically censored to a, a field hockey field whatever and they're they're instantly able to bring her back mm-hmm. yet why is davy jones still fucking there chris why why would you ever ever want to get rid of davy jones in your house because he has a life of his own and Fuck you, him. And you conjured him by accident. They they bring in Randy Travis all the time, apparently. Well, they... but they have a thing for Randy Travis. You should have a thing for Davy Jones. You, Chris, should have a thing for I'm Davy sorry. Jones. I'm sorry. Uh, no, he's great. Like, And his singing is way better than Randy Travis could ever hope to be. Take that, Randy, you piece of shit. That's right. I'm throwing. I'm throwing the, the oh, hot. The, the no. hot, hot heat. Randy Travis is amazing. <laughs> Somewhere in the world, Randy Travis is like delete that podcast. <laughs> they think I'm a piece of shit. Also, so Marin's out. Uh, the Gilmore guys. They think I'm a piece of shit. And the witch trials. Man, I made some enemies. End quote from Randy Travis. Uh, outfit wise, Chris, let's talk about this scene here. Oh, and oh, and thank you to mm-hmm. fucking Salem for pointing out. The stupid plot conveniences that make no fucking sense. Yeah, but, but Chris, that's that's the thing that writers do where it's like, oh, we'll point it out. We won't explain it, though, but we'll show you that we also know it makes no sense, which makes no sense. All right. So uh, I'm showing Chris right now on my iPad the outfit that Sabrina wears to his double date and the outfit yes. that uh, Dante wears. Dante, she looks sporty as fuck. She looks so fucking good. Like... She should have worn this on the first date because he, he'd have been like scratching at the linen closet door for a second date. Oh, no, she doesn't know if he's worth this outfit. I mean, tell, tell us about this outfit, Chris. She's wearing a uh, black top and matching black, like, they seem like legging type mm-hmm. pants. Very Adidas-esque with the white stripe on the legs. Yeah, with two white stripes. On and the, and the shoulders. And shoulders. Uh, she looks fantastic. And if she lifted up her arm, probably the side of her. Uh, makes her butt oh, look no. real good. Her hair looks very nice. And it is it is casual hate- enough because they're going bowling. Yeah, but I hate when she wears her hair like that. Uh, I think she looks really cute. Dante, on the other hand, aside from the fact that he has better hair in this scene, yeah. uh, he looks like a fucking bum. I think it's to emphasize his douchiness. Like, Do you know what I mean? I mean, he looks cooler, like less dorky, I guess I yeah. we should say. 
Uh, he's wearing a green, very small checkered, checkered like plaidish uh, button down. That is weird. At least he just zoomed in on her ass. Can't blame the guy for trying. Uh, at least three sizes too big for him, and uh, some accompanying khakis that are also at least three sizes too big. He looks like he's wearing his big brother's pants. Uh, he, so I think the the whole point was. The first date, he was supposed to dress like he was on his best behavior. Yes. Like, he's this clean-cut sweetheart who is really thoughtful and does nice things for Sabrina. And then the second episode... Well, the second episode, sorry. The second date is... Go on. The second date is more about uh, showing that he's a douchebag even just through his clothes. Like, or that he's... I have a shirt just like that. Or that he's... um not as like sweet and nice as she thought he was he is a piece of shit because that is a fact his whole personality the whole date long shows that but i feel like you kind of have to there's like a this is like a different guy from the first guy do you know what i mean yes because she thought he was nice otherwise she wouldn't have she thought he was nice otherwise she wouldn't have uh Agreed to go on a second date with him, and then on top of that, hey, I mean, he took he took you to a crater. He made you a ham, maybe. What a weird joke that was. We didn't really cover that. Oh my god, we didn't, and I kind of regretted it. I saw it in my notes after we moved on, and I was like, I can't. Just like what? Somebody thought that was a funny joke and wanted to work it in somewhere. Someone's dad thought that was funny, but it's like it's totally incongruous to the rest of the scene. I think because so many people at the time, uh, like. anti-smoking ads and stuff were so popular and like trying to get kids to stop smoking like it was worked into every tv show whereas like that was their sort of joke where it was like oh she thinks he's smoking but really he's just smoking a ham like like fucking fucking urkel over here is gonna have a pack of cigarettes on come on why the fuck would you smoke a ham on a date though in what world does that make any sense maybe maybe that was his code word for finger blasting Smoke a ham. I'm just trying to see how many times we're getting it now. <laughs> Tally is at three. Will it go higher? Almost certainly. And he's incredibly condescending the whole time he walks in. Like he is. Oh, you guys must crack up all the time looking at your fucking I thought that mortal was, house. I thought that was actually a bit of like charming, like Sabrina on a date dialogue when uh, when when she says, like, "Oh yeah, oh we crack up all the time. Oh yeah, doors." Uh, she does stuff like that wallpaper. All the time, yeah. I thought that was charming as opposed to Dante who's just like condescending calls a fucking house where's the finger blast room or for chris last one maybe that's what she said that's what dante said to her <laughs> all right we're moving on way past it we are then at the kingpin's bowling alley folks where dante is stunned at the mechanics of bowling adding that he doesn't think it will catch on uh he then asks who they're meeting and sabrina explains that it's harvey and his I think she says girlfriend. She might say girlfriend. She might not. What's that? I his... think she just says date. Okay, maybe? his date, Jean. I have girlfriend written here. Before going into a bit of a rant about how Jean is from a private school and probably one of those Miss Perfect types, uh, Dante asks if they've had their fair share of run-ins, but she says no, but they've never met. And this is the joke where the the laughter comes in when Dante says have you guys had your fair share of run-ins which is the setup and then when melissa john hart says no we've never met which is the actual punchline there's no laughter 
So, who are we meeting here? My friend Harvey and his date, Jean. Jean goes to private school. Probably has her own credit card, one of those little Miss Perfects, you know the type. Yeah. So you two have had your share of run-ins, huh? <laughs> no, I never met. There was an instance earlier on the date where Dante makes a joke and it's silent. And then like I, I think a it's second the, later, that's when the, the laughs come in. Yeah, I think it's the one about the vacuum where it's like it's hard to get under the bed. It's all off. Harvey then arrives and uh, he arrives with Wonder Woman's prettier blonde sister. Uh, and the introductions get out of the way, leading Dante to say that Jean's awful and asking to encase her in mud, uh, which Sabrina doesn't allow for some reason. Because she really hates Jean. Again, for some reason. It was two seconds. Well, I mean, that kind of shows his, like, witch Nazi-esque yeah. personality. Um, Harvey then kindly offers to get everyone a soda. But as he walks off to get them, Dante snaps his finger magically, leading Harvey to trip before Dante gives him the uh, world-class line of, Walk much? Which I thought was actually very funny. Yeah, I wish I think the big pratfall that Nate Richard takes is fantastic. I wish I wish uh, Sabrina had said that when he fell down the fucking stairs. Probably did. I was like, walk much, mortal much, stairs much, finger blast much. <laughs> Last one. It's getting it's getting annoying now. Uh, we then see uh, Yenta giving Zelda a stack of potential suitors, telling her that she has to go meet someone before revealing that it's not her ex, but instead her therapist. Zelda then sits down with Hilda to go over some dating holograms, first being Steve, a PhD in astronomy who Zelda seemingly likes, but who Hilda calls a loser. She then sends her sister to the kitchen, where she watches Jerry's hologram, Jerry being an attorney, but uh, his hologram is soon interrupted by Hilda saying that he's a big, fat dweeb. What a, what a 90s insult that was. Hi, I'm Jerry, I'm an attorney, and I guess the best thing about me is that I'm a big, fat weed. <laughs> Hilda! Back at the bowling alley, Sabrina and Harvey are getting their dates hard and wet, respectively, by telling them a story about their third date to a pizza-eating contest where they apparently ate two pizzas in 15 minutes and won a free calzone. Uh, not to be outdone by Harvey, Dante then uses a bit of magic and uh, bad editing to eat an entire pizza before their eyes. And Sabrina tells Harvey and Jean that Dante's father is in the circus. Chris, we're at the, we're at the bowling alley. We're having a big fun time in the 90s at the bowling alley. Um, how the fuck is Harvey pulling a girl like Jean? How does that happen? Like we, we talked about it before, but she's fucking beautiful. Maybe she's shy. She must be, and blind as well, because, like, Harvey doesn't, like, Jean is, like, exponentially prettier than any other girl on this series. Like, yep. Melissa Joan Hart, very, very pretty on Sabrina, but, like, calling her a model makes sense, because she is, like, model yeah. pretty here. Um, And Harvey... Like, he doesn't even have his good hair anymore. <laughs> he's he's working with his sh short do. It doesn't make any sense. Also, I didn't talk about it when I was describing it. He's wearing a fucking bowling shirt. Like, a, a classic Simpsons yeah. Pin Pals bowling shirt, color and all. He looks like a goof. Also, he's wearing a stupid little hat. Maybe she likes goofs. Clearly, she's, she's smiling from ear to ear in these photos. Oh, God, look at how pretty she is. Um... She's very pretty, Chris. We know. 
Say, tell us all how pretty you think she's she is. She's very pretty. Uh, she's played by Sarah Lancaster from a whole lot of things. She was on Witches of East End. She's been on Chuck. She was on Chuck for a, the run of Chuck. Uh, what about Brian? She was on, She wasn't on Chuck for the run of Chuck. She, she was on Chuck for like a, like ninety episodes or something like that. Um, she was also. Oh, she played Chuck's sister, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. She was also on Saved by the Bell, the new class. Ooh. So a big history of acting, and I, I think she's normally a brunette. I think um, she is actually. I saw her IMDb thing. She's really good in the role of just like the sweet girl who, for some reason, is out with this goofball and bad things happen to for yeah. no reason. You feel bad for her a lot in this episode. Yeah, she's really friendly and nice to everyone. And that's why Sabrina hates her. Hey, Sabrina. This is Jean. It is so nice to meet you. And this is Dante. Hey, cool name. Jean's awfully right. Let's encase her in mud. No magic. I think I either. Leave them alone. Uh, I do love the scene with her and Sabrina a later on, though. Uh, what do you think of the scene at the bowling alley and um, Dante's heel turn? I thought he was just an asshole. I already thought he was an asshole when he walked in the door, so really. With that asshole shirt that Al has. Um, did you see the Jerry the Attorney hologram? Uh, because yes. that's Jerry is this one. Uh, he's wearing a giant suit. Like yeah. the biggest 90s suit you've ever seen. He does look like a complete dweeb. Yeah, he does. Look at how it's a double breast. But it was of the time, Al. It, of the time. It doesn't mean he gets a pass in terms of being I ugly. I get that. Uh, talk about Yenta's outfit here, Chris. Fabulous. This is by far the best one. Like She's not wearing pink boots. She's not wearing pink boots. It's a very, uh, it looks very fallish with this red yeah. plaid jacket with a, some nice trim on the collar. Uh, more pearls, which I think work for her. Did you notice when she like uh, disappears? She does a very like Vesta-esque like... One of these pose. Yes, that's what they call it. The listener. Well, doesn't... the listeners can't see you, so. but they know what I mean. I when know. I say one of these, I'm almost always posing. Uh, what do you think of these scenes here, Chris? Anything to add? I thought they were okay. I mean, I didn't think they were anything special. Uh, well, I mean, I th- I thought the idea, like this specifically, but mm-hmm. I thought the idea of uh, the hologram dating thing. I think it's more their speed. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think of like the seventies, uh, those dating like tapes where mm-hmm. you recorded a thing, it's the same idea. You do have you have you seen the ones on um YouTube? Yeah. No, I I haven't. Are you looking for me? I can imagine they are a thing that somebody was like. That song was so fucking the only, catchy. The only people that song that are, played when they did this I'm I, sure. in my head. I was like, oh. The only people who are more pathetic than those people in the seventies dating through videotapes is the people who are like, you know what needs to be transferred from cassette to digital and then uploaded to YouTube? These bad boys. Well, I think it's it's more of a they're hilarious. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I get it. But I don't think that it's pathetic back in the day because, no, I mean, you know, you fine. do what you got. It's how is it really all that different from Tinder and, you know, dating profiles? No, I agree. And I, th- I, th- I think people who it's just way less convenient. I think people who poke fun at people on Tinder are also pathetic and going for bottom of the barrel comedy. Fuck you, Nick Kroll. Don't think I forgot. Uh, <laughs> Chris, the, I, th- oh. I thought the scene between uh, the four teens... Uh, while they were eating pizza was weird if for no other reason than like i get that the point of it is to illustrate that harvey and sabrina like each other more than other people and that's why they're having such a great time talking to each other about the fun that they had even with their dates around 
but it's just like a weird thing to do, especially yeah. since we find out that Harvey does like Jean. It's just like, you know, it's the number one thing which you don't do on a date is be like, hey, isolate wanna... your dates or want to hear about my other dates. Yeah. It's just yeah. come on, Harvey. Come on, Sabrina. I get you being like that because, you know, your date's shit. But still, it's it's kind of a dickish thing to do. It is. But I don't feel bad for Dante. I feel bad for Jean. Yes. Jean and Jean is just sitting there smiling like, oh, great. Jean's the heroine, really. And I want to inject her into my veins. Yes. That's how, you, that's how you take heroin, right? I'm cool. Okay. We then see the aunties watching Larry's video. Not to be confused with Jerry. I thought the name picking here was just awful. Lazy. Uh, where we find that he's very into poetry. And uh, Zelda's apparently enchanted. Hilda has nothing to add as her mouth has been literally taped shut at this point. The next suitor is actually Salem, who bids the ladies a big hello. Uh, Zelda wonders why he's in there, but he just grossly says that he's got needs that a scratching post just can't fulfill. And he also comments on how fat he looks in these holograms. Dr. Love. Sorry, I do. I do. I, I always love Salem wearing a collar and tie and that hat. And he had a little hat on one ear. It was very, very cute. It's his crooner hat. <laughs> a big hello to all the ladies out there. The name's Salem, but you can call me Dr. Love. What are you doing in there? Hey, I got wants and needs that a scratching post just can't fulfill. Man, that hologram makes me look fat. At the lanes. Harvey offers to get Sabrina her shoes, which she accepts until Dante says that he already got her ones, zapping shoes onto her feet, which she says she must have forgot about. Jean then says that she must be really into bowling, which she says that she is, as she does it all the time. At home. Harvey and the model then go to get their shoes, as Sabrina chastises Dante about using magic in front of Harvey and Jean. But he just says that he's trying to keep himself interested as these mortals are boring as shit and should be burned on a pyre. Much like his new dating app. Uh, the mortals uh, are a big sticking point for Dante, and he's even surprised to find out that Sabrina is half-mortal. But uh, according to him, she doesn't look it. Which, more pseudo-racism. Or just racism, really. Yeah. Um, Zelda then is watching Ron's hologram and is smitten with his two Nobel Prizes and bad boy parking tickets. Salem and Hilda, however, don't think that he's the guy for her and call him a snore. We then go back to the alley where Jean does something relatively impressive as everybody cheers. But uh, Dante is up next and he basically hurls a ball like a three-year-old would. And believe me, I've seen three-year-olds bowl, and this is how they bowl, at best. Uh, but when Harvey tells him that he'll get the hang of it eventually, he uses a snap of his magic fingers, Sabrina will tell you about those, to change the gutter ball into a strike. <laughs> I'm very proud of that one. Uh, Harvey asks how he did it, so he just tells him to do what he did, and when Harvey does... Uh, Dante uses some more magic to make Harvey's ball shatter into a million pieces, which Harvey says uh, that he's never seen anything like that except on the Flintstones. 
inexplicably, Ron is then uh, at the door of the Spellman house as he's showing up for his date with Zelda. Uh, with champagne and flowers in hand. And uh, Hilda gives us, honestly, a bit of a funny joke here. Flowers? Champagne? What did you bring for Zelda? I hope your sister's half as much fun as you. Half's about right. She calls Zelda down, and her sister asks her opinion of Ron, leading Hilda to say that he's a real dear. And Panitis takes over, transforming uh, Ron into a literal deer. Zelda then angrily walks over, noting that she's going to keep her date, and they're seeing my best friend's wedding. Which seemed like a weird, like a weird thing to write. Just a weird reference to make. Chris. Ow. Is my best friend's wedding Julia Roberts' best romantic comedy? No. Which is it? Pretty Woman. Fair enough. Is she, she's also in Runaway Bride, isn't she? Yes, but I've never seen Runaway Bride. I think I might have. I think I saw her on a plane once. She's in Eat. Pray Love? I, I don't know. I only know 90s romantic movies, the best of all of them. Chris? She, yeah, I don't, I don't like my best friend's wedding. Uh, this irritated me to no bound. Every time Dante uses magic in front of mortals and their reaction isn't like, get me a noose, I'm going to hang this witch. Because he zaps shoes onto her feet that they know weren't there. Like... Come on! They're constantly accepting things that they should not accept. Like even if you can, even if you you can spin the whole oh, bowling balls often break into a million pieces. No, well, no, but like that's not obviously like so in your face as I know those shoes weren't there three seconds ago. Now they are there. What the fuck is going on? My eyes beseech me. That's that's the phrase. Call to you? Yes. Your eyes call to you? Yes. And what they're calling is. Uh, shenanigans they're calling shenan- <laughs> that was way better than anything i was gonna say <laughs> comedy review podcast all right chris what do you think of these scenes um tell me about ron what do you think of ron and his ascot rascal i think he was definitely the best of the bunch yes in part because his clothing fits even he was cuter little salem there uh so cute those think, shoes are fucking hideous. They are, they the they are very shoes. egregious of the it's Sabrina, like Mardi Gras on her feet. The Sabrina Teenage Witch thing, where it's like, oh, magic things always the, glitter, glitter and many colors. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It's just something that they chose to it's do. Magical. By the by, my best friend's wedding, June twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. That came out. So this being in October, held on pretty strong. Good, good for good for them. There's Ron. There's more Ron. He does look charming. Well, his ascot, I mean. And, uh, See, and he impressed Hilda right off the bat. Seems like with a bit. His champagne. He is charming, but seems like a bit of a creep also. One, the he's fact trying that really hard. 20 minutes later, he's at her door. And two, you bring the champagne and flowers, maybe hold off. I, I feel like if that if that was to actually happen to a girl in real life, like a guy shows up on the first date to pick you up at your door and he's got champagne and flowers, you would be off put by that. Yes. Yeah. But I think. Not put off. Maybe, you would be off put. Maybe because she's older. Maybe. She's cool with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. Uh, you want to talk about scumbag? What's his face? Dante? I can't even. I'm like I can't even remember his name anymore. I've it, already I've already forgotten him. Is it Dante? Yes, it's Dante. Okay, what about him? Uh, is supreme racism? He is a very big bigot. I mean, um, he has a real problem with mortals. We don't yeah. really find out what it is. Maybe he thinks that they're ruining the other realm. I don't know. Um. 
but he's fucking insane. It's like she accidentally got set up with like a racist who like want, thinks that clansmen are okay. I want to find like, out more about Pete and Sheila. Let's, let's torture these mortals. Like that's totally cool. That it's it's so weird. It's like listen, it's mind-boggling. Honestly, it's like. Why does he have to be a Nazi? <laughs> why can't he just be like some... Why does he also have to hate mortals? Like, can't he just be like a jerk who uses magic to his benefit and can't handle it when he uh, when he doesn't succeed without magic? I think because you have to be set up to really hate him. I guess. I, I mean, you already hate him. Because you got, you're, you're supposed to care for Harvey. You're not supposed to like a new guy. Yeah. So. Well, you shouldn't have cut his hair then. Harvey. It was all my feeling for him. Okay, Chris. Also, inexplicably, um, Harvey and Dante are then seen arm wrestling. And get ready for a couple of doses of why the fuck don't they realize magic is happening. Because Dante uses magic to zap a third hand onto himself and win the arm wrestling match. Uh, Gene just says that that was weird and not, uh, not taking her own life in shock. Uh, she then starts marveling at the fact that Dante is able to spin a bowling ball on his finger. Again, nothing fuss there. Just normal day at the bowling alleys. Uh, Sabrina then uses some, some quick thinking, folks, to uh, to zap Harvey and Jean's hideous termite king hats onto their eyes uh, as they then stagger around aimlessly. Hilda soon pops in because Panitis has sent her there because she was going to zap in... Uh, a bowl for some cereal, but she appeared at the bowling alley because that's how puns are made, folks. Uh, getting real quiet here because because the stupid thing is coming. Uh, get ready for the stupid thing, folks. Sabrina explains about the trouble she's having with Dante, and Hilda asks her if she's tried a power outage spell, which is apparently something witches can do. This is maybe my most favorite, my most favorite uh, audio clip from this episode um, because Sabrina says she's having trouble. And then uh, Caroline Ray is like, have you tried a power outage spell? And Melissa Joan Hart's line is, ooh, good idea. But she says it in the most condescending way possible. Ooh, good idea. No, it's uh, ooh, good idea. It's my. F- I listened to it seven times and never stopped laughing. It didn't get less funny at all. Have you tried using a power outage spell? Ooh, good idea. Ooh, good idea. Ooh, good idea. She says it's a good idea uh, before Hilda knows that at least she wasn't in the mood for baked Alaska and is instantly zapped into the cold state. Sabrina then uses the uh, power outage incantation, causing Dante to drop the ball he's spinning as uh, she tells him that she's putting him in a timeout, mister. Very uh, full house line. You haven't been nice, you haven't been cordial, so for the next five minutes, you're going to be mortal. Hey, you're a power outage. It's time out, mister. We then see Harvey bowling successfully, and Gene saying that the score is, I believe, 175 to 16, which is just hideously bad for anybody. A team of people bowled a 16. Uh, Harvey suggests going double or nothing, and uh, as Dante counts down the last of the five minutes of the power outage spell, uh, he accepts. Sabrina then realizes that she has no plan B, and Dante zaps Harvey into a literal bowling ball. Sorry, literal bowling pin. 
and uh, places him at the end of the lane, forcing Sabrina to lower Jean's hat magically once more to distract from the fact that her guy disappeared and is a bowling ball. Dante then rolls a ball down the lane. Pin. Pin. I keep saying bowling ball. I know. Bowling pin. Harvey's a bowling pin. That's what he is. As usual. Uh, Dante throws the ball down the lane. Uh, Sabrina, however, stops it magically before just telling Dante with the date's over. And he uh, leaves. She could have just done this before. Yeah. She had to fucking... Like, this is the big remedy to this... Magically... Big problem. Shut him up. Really. Here she is. I've got a great idea. Dante, please leave. Oh, you're leaving. Okay. <laughs> so fucking dumb. Um... He says that there's no point hanging out with mortals if you can't torture him and leaves. Uh, Sabrina then zaps the bowling pin Harvey to her before hiding it behind her back as uh, Jean has returned. And wondering where Harvey is, Sabrina gets real saucy and says that Harvey had to leave because he had to go feed his fish. Uh, When Jean wonders what kind of guy would do that, she very stinkily says, I already told you, dumbass bitch, Harvey. Some of those lines might not have been from the Yeah, those episode. aren't direct quotes. That's right. She doesn't say Harvey the second time, but she does call her a dumbass bitch. Um, Sabrina then eventually just runs off, leaving Jean to feel real bad about herself. Hi, I'm done with hats for a while. Where'd Harvey go? Uh, he went home. Forgot to feed his fish. Well, I can't believe you just leave me here. What kind of guy would do that? We just went over that. Harvey. He said he was sorry. I thought he really liked me. Sorry. Gotta go. Chris. Al. Sabrina runs home with her bowling pin bow under her arm. Uh, what did you think of this confusing, confusing scene? Let me tell you what I thought. Because I'm I, this kind of pissed me off. The resolution being that I'm just going to ask Dante to leave and he will is really dumb. Okay? It feels like they wrote this plot and had no end to it. And we're just like, what if she asks him to leave? She doesn't ask him to leave. She tells him it's over. That's fine. She could have done that five minutes in. She could have, but I think, I guess she hadn't gotten to that point where she was just like, no, this is done. Yeah. Um, also, the stupider thing, I think, is so... Uh, Hilda- people, people like to make excuses for other people's poor behavior all the time no that's fine um people do it for me uh using the term finger blast maybe not as much as i should it's coming the the more egregious thing is that she gets this uh solution you know use a power outage spell and in the incantation she chooses the time of five minutes yeah i don't understand say four hours it meters out the same yeah say three decades take his magic away for 30 years <laughs> anything but five minutes maybe it, it's a short spell like maybe that's actually what the spell is I, I think like the explanation would be that oh she's just trying to teach him a lesson yeah. and then she gets like make him calm down or something a timeout yeah uh still maybe protect the mortals a bit and like say three hours yeah take three hours away what stuck out to you here chris oh. uh was it Jean's wonderful look at my tits shirt because that's what she I call it. Not have a look at my tits shirt. It look was at, very high necked. But I mean, it, it it highlights her breasts a lot. That's because she has breasts. She sure does. Uh, it's also a very nice shirt. I thought 
It's a nice it's shirt. It's a nice color. Yeah. Nice nude Compared color. to a lot of the shit that some of these people wear. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice outfit. Um, Good job, Jean. Well done. Uh, What's that got to hear, Chris? I don't know. I just felt so bad because it's like Harvey and Jean are being so nice, even in like awkward situations where... They shouldn't be this yeah, nice. I, it's just like they're just... I don't know. Maybe Sabrina and Dante do belong together. Like, Two awful people. guys are people. assholes. One with well, a Sabrina great Sabrina wasn't as bad. But like Sabrina was was much nicer to Jean than I would have imagined until the end when yeah. she's like, well, Harvey, I just... She's never, I think really, that, she's never really nice to Jean. She's just not actively mean to her. Yeah. But I, I think in my head, I imagined that she would be more of a like snarky bitch because to her. she has been the last and series would, would be like yeah. I mean, she's been that way to her friends. Yes, like the, remember the way she treated Jenny. Hell, she treats Valerie like that sometimes too. Kind of. So it's like you kind of expect her to be worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but or even at that level, do you know? And mm-hmm. she, she's not so. It seems like she's going to an effort, extra effort to be nice to her when she's not being a bitch. Also, we'll talk about it, but like Dante doesn't really get a lot of comeuppance. Like we'll talk about his comeuppance in a second, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, it was, he, he's just a dick, and then he goes away. Oh look, the racist gets boned. Who cares? And we've got a show title. <laughs> Bowling pin Harvey is then seen on the spelling piano making some dumb person sounds before Hilda explains that he's a pinhead now. Zelda recites an incantation that brings Harvey back, though he still has some residual pinheadedness, and Sabrina just sends him home. The aunties then apologize to Sabs for setting them up, sorry, setting her up with Dante, as Hilda notes that he's a real bonehead, and Ponitis zaps him into the room, only now he's got a sideshow mail right through his head. Uh, they just leave him in the room as he moans that he's got school pictures in the morning. Sabrina is then seen at Westbridge, where Valerie explains that she finally got a date with her third cousin, and they both just laugh about inbreeding. Sabrina then runs into Harvey, asking if he's spoken to Jean, and he says that he keeps calling, but she doesn't answer and wonders what he did wrong. Uh, Sabrina then zaps the nearby payphone because it's 1997, answering it, and surprisingly, it's Jean for Harvey. Go figure. Uh, Jean says that she can't remember calling, but she says that she was thinking about Harvey. And Sabrina then just leaves Harvey to his phone call, walking away sadly. The next thing we see is Sabrina moping in her room to the sounds of I Will Love You Forever by the Monkees, played beautifully on an acoustic guitar. Acoustic. A cute stick, as I call guitars all the time, uh, played by Davy Jones and sung very lovely. We yeah, by David. Right. Jo- I'm falling apart here, folks. We're we're getting to the back nine. And it's you know, uh, it's it's a real good singing job. And this is what I wish they had let him do with Daydream Believer. I love you this year. I love you next year, and then forever. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> I'll always need you. I'll never leave you I'll love you forever You know, these kind of things never happen to Peter Talk. Eventually, Hilda and Sabrina wonder why 
Zelda is smiling because it's such a sad song, and she tells them that she's got a date. We soon find out that it's Davy Jones, as Zelda has great taste, and so does Davy. Uh, they walk out of Sabrina's room, and uh, Davy just asks for some food, as he hasn't been fed in days. <laughs> the poor man. Uh, as the credits roll, Davy is trying to teach the Spellman family the classic monkey's walk. Uh, Hilda initially fucks it up. We then have Davy ask who's got their hand on his ass. Thankfully, it's not Sabrina. It is Hilda. And uh, eventually, as the... Which is kind of weird, because her sister just went on a date with him. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, whatever. Maybe they trade. Uh, wow. Maybe they do. Oh, that's that's so weird. Maybe they do. Come on, Chris. Being a adult for once in your life. Um, they eventually do the monkey's walk successfully as the episode closes. Chris, these last two scenes... Did you like Sabrina's outfit in these scenes, which I described here as the graphics to a 2003 Target commercial? I liked it. I think it's okay. The top is kind of weird. I like the top. It's like a sheer black overlay uh, over a white t-shirt. It looks very Buffy-esque. It does. Um, I Buffy do, was very stylish. I do love the uh, ending with Davy Jones singing on that acoustic, acoustic guitar. It was really good. He's got a fantastic voice. I think I think that actually and, sounds better than the actual song. And I think it, it was very well timed with the scenario because mm-hmm. Harvey it, yeah. tells Jean that he was thinking about her mm-hmm. too. And it, 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 the nice thing is, it also fades in from when we cut from one scene to another. Yeah. So Sabrina walking away, very uh, incredible Hulk like, um, to that song is very well done. Then my only other note was Dante's come up and are he has a bone through his head, which he could easily remove as a witch. I don't you know, know. Whatever. Apparently, he's going to leave it in for three days, just like uh, Davy Jones. That's true. I thought Davy Jones has, has sex. He leaves it in for three days. He leaves the bone in for three days, folks. Yeah. Chris, that's the episode. And of course, at the end of every episode of Sabrina's Witch Trials, we have the ending ceremonies. First and foremost, the TGIF scale is used to rate every episode of Sabrina Teenage Witch. Uh, where does this episode fall for you on that scale, Chris? I feel like it's a three, honestly. I agree. I think it's actually a low uh, hanging with Mr. Cooper. Do you disagree? I don't know. Because I think while there are some fun things, Davy Jones is a lot of fun on this episode. The idea is okay. I just think like the way it's carried out with, with the witch date isn't the most interesting thing in the world. Yeah. Dante, the guy playing him as an actor, isn't really great or interesting in any way. He's not captivating. All the jokes are messed up. He doesn't have chemistry with Melissa Joan Hart. Um, yeah, I think I think, and, and even the B plot with like Hilda uh, Zelda looking for a guy isn't the, the greatest. I thought a lot of those like holograms really weren't funny and were just there to eat up time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, I think it's low to middle at best. Agreed. Agreed. Very good. Now the main event here on the Witch Trials, Chris, the back of the winning closet award, our episodic award for each installment's biggest flash and flop or fashion flop. Flash and flop. Flash and flop. My 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 trick I do when I'm at the pool. I flash and flop into the pool. <laughs> oh, that's okay. But uh, someone falling out, uh, falling down the stairs with their dick out is not I said okay. It was, I said it was good. You're the one that was wrong with the dick down the steps. What gets your back of the winning closet award this episode, Chris? It was really hard. I Not feel like there me. weren't. 
I know which one you picked. Do it's you? obvious. Yeah. You I don't picked, think you do. Uh, you picked Dante's fucking outfit. It's actually a hard choice between that and Sabrina's fucking egregious, uh, like, match game outfit. Oh. I think it's actually it's the match game outfit. Suit. It's really bad, right. though. Um... It, the color is like just so washed out. It's weird on her, and the pattern is hideous. Honestly, my my choice is really simple. It's just uh, the the Yenta's blouse in the beginning. The the, the ruffle. Yes, the Jacobean ruff. Death by rough. That was a rough outfit. At least the sounds like <laughs> she had a rough night. Probably hanging out with Davy Jones. Uh, <laughs> All right, so so yours is the uh, yours is the yeah, blouse. Mine is definitely blouse. is definitely Sabrina's. Very mod outfit. Very bad as well. That is the episode, however, Chris. Thank it's like you so something much. something Mr. Furley would wear. Not even. like Maybe maybe, maybe Mr. Furley. Yes. Or Mr. Roper. No, no. It's more of Mr. Furley thing. He had more like But then he vibrance. would just wear like a really loud blouse. No one understands it. what the fuck we're talking about. Some people will. Chris, thank you so much for being here. You're Always welcome. a pleasure to speak to you about Sabrina Teenage Witch. Uh chrisconkers.com is a place where people can read all your writings and musings mm-hmm. about things going on in your life. Yep. Uh, you have an article going up about keto and your yep. uh, your experiences with a keto diet. Mm-hmm. So people can go check that out over at chrisconkers.com. And you can follow Chris on Twitter and Instagram at chrisconkers. You can also follow Sabrina's Witch Trials on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram.com slash Sabrina's Witch Trials. Twitter dot com slash sabrina podcast uh also on facebook facebook.com slash sabrina's witch trials you can listen to us every place you listen to a podcast tune in stitcher soundcloud itunes google play podcast section your podcatcher of choice on youtube as well now uh look for some fun little videos that have been going up there some little quick cuts i have no name for them but they're all fun quick things check those out uh next episode will be episode 29 uh, season two, episode five, an episode that I've hated for a long, long time. Irritated me. It's an Amanda episode, so get ready for that. A doll's story, where Sabrina becomes a doll. Like Toy Story. In a way, I guess that's what they were going for. With a lot of annoying characters to discuss. But until then, I want to say thank you to everybody for listening to Sabrina's Witch Trials. And we will see you in the other realm. Roz Chaz just slays me.